Hello and welcome to Building Brand You, the show where we help you to accelerate your success, getting you more clients, more revenue, more business and more opportunities by unlocking your greatest asset, you. My name is Kim Hainer. I'm an international business coach, a recognized global expert on leadership and visibility, and I designed this podcast for you to help you unlock what you already have and to give you a whole host of tools and techniques that you can implement in order to accelerate your success and build your own brand you. We also publish exclusive material, offers and behind the scenes content in our Building Brand You Facebook group. And if you'd like to find out more about our Building Brand You coaching programs, you can book a free 20 minute call with me where we'll explore where you are and whether Building Brand You coaching is the right fit for you. You'll find both of those links, as well as many others, in the show notes. So let's unlock this episode and lift the lid on what's next in Building Brand You. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Building Brand You Down Under series, where we are covering all things around the theme of healthy brand and healthy business. Today's conversation is all about healthy systems, and I am delighted to have Johan Nagira as my guest. Johan and I only met a couple of weeks before we actually recorded this episode. It was one of those things that was um, a little black book exercise from a contact of mine that led to someone in Ann Arbor, Michigan, who then opened his little black book and said, you're going to Australia, you must meet Johan. And one coffee for, I think, 90 minutes was all it took for me to offer him a place in this series. So let me share a little bit more about Johan. Johan has spent his entire career solving problems and fixing businesses. He discovered the power of systemization and leverage in his early 20s, where he built his first e-commerce business, the knowledge allowing him to grow not only his business, but his clients as well. Johan has an uncanny ability to increase business profit, wealth, and success. He uncovers hidden advantages, overlooked opportunities, and undervalued possibilities. This skill set has kept the attention and respect of CEOs, best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, and marketing experts, and his clients range from top-tier banks to private business owners. Johan has significantly increased the bottom lines of over 1,000 clients in more than 40 industries worldwide. He does this with a focus on technology and utilising the systems that he has built over the last two decades. He also takes time to build his own businesses with one of his latest endeavours reaching a valuation of eight figures in just two and a half years. Here to talk about healthy systems, I hope you enjoy my conversation with the wonderful Johan Nagira. So hello, Johan. How are you today? Thanks for joining us on Building Brand You. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I'm honoured. Oh, look, listeners, we only met about two weeks ago through a friend of a friend of a friend. That is the power of connection and black books. And we just hit it off. And 
I just squeezed Johan in another subject because I thought he would be so amazing for us to include in this series. So um, short notice, we make things happen here, don't we? That's right. Yeah, brilliant. So what I like to do, Johan, with um, Building Brand Your Guests is hand the mic over to you because you will tell your story far better than I will. So I would like to invite you to tell us who who are you and what's the Johan story? Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me share. Um, I'm going to start back in 2004. We're going to go through really quickly and catch you up, but you need context to understand how my brain works, essentially. 2004, PhD, Melbourne University, secondary biofuels and climate change. Absolutely nothing to do with what I do right now. And so while I was doing this PhD, I was about a year into it and my supervisor came up. It was 11 o'clock at night. I'll never forget this day. And he said, you're doing a great job. In 10 years, you'll be at my level. I went, wow, this is amazing. 10 years. Wow. I, you know, I'm going to be like 34. I'm going to be at his level. This is amazing. And then I made, I broke my father's cardinal rule, which is never ask a woman her age or a man his wage. And I said, hey, can you, can I, I I'm dying to know, you know, how much money will I be making? And he told me a number that I was just, I didn't sleep for a week because I was so sad. And I went, what have I done with my life? <laughs> and so I went around and started, this is 2004. So, the, you know, the internet was fairly young then. So I started Googling, make money online, make money. How, did, how do I make money? Like, I just want to make money because I needed to live the lifestyle that I wanted and that I envisioned. And so I came across eBay and I built a little eBay business. The little eBay business made more money than he did in six months. And it took me four hours a week to get this done. Mind you, at this time, I'm working 16 hours a day. And in four hours, I'm earning more than the boss. So it's pretty cool. So I built six more of these, as you do, because you've got time. So at a very young age, I didn't have to worry about finances. Bachelor, single, Johan, my lifestyle is completely different now. Married, two kids, dog, <laughs> staff, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so the eBay businesses are running. And then one day, my supplier, so my main, main business was engagement rings. So we used to buy, buy and sell engagement rings. We used to buy engagement rings off this website. It still exists. It's called bidz.com. It's America's wholesale um, for jewelry. All the jewelers go there to liquidate their stock. So I used to buy jewelry at 90% off. So buying engagement rings at 90% off. And I'd sell them on eBay for 50% off, making a 40% margin. And pretty soon I had this duffel bag with me, which had about $200,000 worth of diamonds in it. And everybody thought I was a drug dealer. I'm this young, you know, 18 year old walking around with this duffel bag that nobody knew what was in there, but it just never left my sight. And I was, as, as I was telling you, I was living in a share house at this point in time with two other people and they had parties and things. So I couldn't leave this at home because, you know, who knows who'd go to my room. Anyway, so my supplier, this company, they released an affiliate program. I was like, what the hell is an affiliate program? So they go, send traffic to this unique link and we'll give you 15% of the sale. I went, what? And at this point in time, Facebook had come out. So I click on the advertise button on Facebook and I said, target males who have been in a relationship for three years and show them this ad. And the ad says 90% off diamond rings. And they'd click. They go to the website, the ones who didn't buy for themselves or didn't buy engagement rings, they'd buy sunglasses, belts, suits. There's a whole heap of other categories in there. 
the average person would spend a thousand dollars on there and I would make $150 from that. But my advertising cost on Facebook was between 10 to 20 cents. So I was turning 10 to 20 cents into $150 all day long. And I never had to worry about it because Facebook was doing all the hard work for me. The other business was collecting the orders, taking the orders, shipping the orders. I had nothing to worry about. That is an affiliate business. So pretty cool. Again, leverage and systems. There's a theme throughout this entire thing. Then about two years later, another new type of marketing came about and it's called cost per acquisition, CPA. And what this means is companies will pay you for lead generation. So we started doing lead generation for the banks. So, you know, the, for example, the Commonwealth Bank, hypothetical, hypothetical here, Commonwealth Bank in Australia. So if anybody goes to Google and types in Commonwealth Bank credit card application, they'd see my ad at the top. They'd click on it. And then if they fill it out, well, you're only going to click on that ad if you intend to get a Commonwealth Bank credit card application. So they click on it, they fill it out. Now, out of 10 people, if one person signed up to it and filled out the full form, I would get paid $200. My ad on Google would cost me $6. Now, there were 1,800 searches just for those that key phrase every month. And there's a gazillion phrases that you could use. So cost per acquisition marketing. Now I have no product. I get paid just for generating a lead. I don't even need them to buy anything. It's insane. <laughs> so at this point in time, <laughs> I move on. Um, not move on. I'm on a holiday and I meet this, the captain of this yacht that I'd hired. Not bragging. This is a true story. And he goes, you know, you sound like you really know how to do lead generation. My friend has hired this the top you know, it, it would be the equivalent of in the UK, the, what, is it called the Shard? You know, the big, yes. the, the most beautiful building in the UK, right? Yeah. That one. So this guy had hired the equivalent of that here in Melbourne. It's called the Eureka Tower. And he had the entire thing. He planned six months for this perfect seminar and everything, but he had zero people coming to it. Mm-hmm. He goes, Johan, please, can you help me? My friend, the captain said that you can help me. I said, yes, I can. Here. I'll come back to you in 48 hours. I sit down with him 48 hours later with our laptops open. And he sees registered, 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 registered. We had 80 CEOs and directors registered for his seminar. His mind is blown. He's been trying to get this organized. And here we are. And we filled his entire event. And he goes, Johan, what else would you like other than the money? I said, give me 15 minutes to speak, please. And so he gives me 15 minutes to speak. And I talk about lead generation in the new world. By the way, new world, we're at 2010 in the timeline <laughs> right now. <laughs> just, just to give some context, you know, lead generation, all the internet stuff is kicking off and everybody's now got websites. Oh my God. Yeah. And now they're doing. <laughs> so, anyway, so I had all these CEOs coming up to me going, can you, can you help me do this lead generation thing for my company? And so I had the great idea of building a digital agency. When I go, when I develop a time machine, I'm going to go back and, you know, shoot that. Yeah, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Great idea to have a digital agency. And I had this gentleman who saw me at the seminar and he said, I'm going to come help you. And we're going to build this together. And he goes, you're really great at the technical stuff. You know your stuff, but I don't think you have the right business acumen just yet. I've got 40 years of building some of the biggest businesses in Australia. I said, okay, well. I'm never going to say no. Sure. He rocks up to my house. 
with his table, with his computer and goes, where do you want me? I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> so anyway, so now I've got this guy who's helping me build this business. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Anyway, so we built, we built, grew, scaled the company. We had something like a hundred, you know, yeah, we had a lot of projects. I don't remember if it, it wasn't a hundred. We had 15 outsources. We had 40 projects on the go in six months. Now going from zero to that, like for any digital agency, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, by the end of end of 2013, we had 100 people working for us full time. And only way we did that was through leveraging digital agencies, other digital agencies. So once we figured out that we were really good at these things, which was building websites, doing the advertising, I said, who can I go to that already has my audience? And it turned out to be other digital agencies. So I went to other digital agencies, knocked on the door and said, hey, I run this digital agency over here. You run this one. Yours is not really as good as it could be. Why? Because you've got eight developers. You've got four salespeople. What would happen if you flipped it around? I'm going to give you a fixed cost product. You can now sell at four, five, 10 times what you were selling before. And I'm going to deliver. I'm going to put your name on it. It's all about you. And they went, that sounds too good to be true. I'm like, I know it does. I'm going to give you one project for free. Test me. And so from that little exercise, I remember walking the streets, going to all these other digital agencies, and we got 36 of them on board. <laughs> 36 of them sending in five, six projects a week. That's the reason why we have a team of 100, right? Yep. So that's how the machine started. And I hired a GM who ran the entire thing. So I didn't have to do anything in the business anymore, which was even better. At this point in time, I move into a building in Melbourne, and I don't know the equivalent in the UK, but when I go in, they go, this is the best building in Melbourne. It's the, it's the most technologically advanced building, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, yay, I love tech. And I get this piece of paper coming to my door, and it says, your window's getting cleaned. I'm like, interesting. And then in the evening, I get another piece of paper, and it says, your carpets are getting vacuumed. I'm like, okay, like a full paper, right? Something must be broken, but anyway, a month goes by and I keep collecting these things and I've got an inch thick of paper sitting next to my door with these one sentences on there. And I take it and I go to the building manager. I'm like, dude, how much is this costing me? He said, it's $1 per sheet. I said, $1 per sheet, 500 apartments twice a day. That's $1,000 a day just to tell me my windows are getting cleaned. Like what? Plus somebody's time to walk around this building. So I go, why don't we build an app for the building? He goes, I don't know what that means, but show me. I'm like, all right, I'll show you. And I go to Dubai, come back. And we recreated this you know, building management system, a beautiful um, app for the building, showed it to him. He goes, this is amazing. Let's pitch it to the owner's corporation. So we pitch it to the owner's corporation. They love it. They go, great, we'll have it. We're the best building in Melbourne. We have to have the best technology. I said, yep, cool, let's go. So I'm walking out of the building and this guy comes running after me. He goes, Johan, Johan, how much money did you just make? I said, I did all right. He goes, how would you feel about partnering up with us? I've got 30 other buildings. I went, sure, why not? You know, the product's built. Yeah. I don't really have to do anything other than reskin it and change a few things. Yeah. Sure. In two years, we launch it into these 30 buildings. And then he retires. And he goes, you want to buy me out? I'm like, all right, I'll buy you out. And I was sitting at my desk going, God, universe, whoever's listening, I don't want to go walking around to buildings to try and sell this technology. Help me out here. 
And then I get a phone call 24 hours later from these guys and they go, Johan, we've been trying to copy your systems for two years. We can't do it. What's it going to take to, uh, to partner with you or to buy you out? I said, well, you know, partnering worked out pretty well last time. Well, let's talk about partnering. So we partner up. So we, I go to sit at this table. Now, these gentlemen, I did my research on them, my due diligence. The last company that they built together, this is what they do. They build companies together. Went to $1.2 billion. And I, I'll probably expand on that later on of how they did that. But I'll continue with my story for now. Mm. So I'm sitting at the table and they go, Johan, you're thinking too small with what you're doing right now. Your product is excellent. Your business acumen needs a bit of work. Okay, cool. I love being told that by people because every time they say that, I go to the next level. So uh, they proposed how we should run the business. Four years later, we turned it into a $20 million company. Wow. And it was just incredible. I sold out of that company last year. Um, so that happened. Now, 2018. Um, this is a bit of the sad story. Unfortunately, two of my friends, they took their lives. Separate, two completely separate incidences, three months apart. And I go to the funeral and there's 500 people at one of the funerals. Now, in that one life, that one decision that this person made has impacted 500 people. How often is this happening? Turned out it was quite often. I had no idea. My head was in the clouds. So I started calling up all my other friends who I hadn't talked to in a while because while I was, you know, head down, bum up building this company, I, that's all I focused on. And they were all struggling. And they were all struggling with staff. They were struggling with their contracts, their people. They couldn't break through certain ceilings, all these things. So I said, okay, guys, I can fix all of that for you very easily. Like we just grew a company to 20 million. Let me show you how to do it. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to find the best of the best in Australia. I'm going to get them to an event. It's going to be 10 people. These are the topics because that's the topics that were identified that people needed. And I'm going to run a seminar. It's going to be a buffet. And people said, what do you mean a buffet? I said, life is like a buffet. You pay the price. You come in and you enjoy it. This is not a restaurant. You don't come sit and choose and pick and then decide what you're going to pay, which is what most seminars are. Because you go to a free seminar, what happens? You get all these, these clowns showing up, doing their song and dance and pitching you stuff. And most of the time their pitch was so good, you buy stuff, but then you never end up using it, right? Mm. I didn't want that to happen. I wanted people to pay the price. Don't worry about being sold to. Sit down, absorb and do and workshop and mm. find real people that they're going to partner with. So we launched this company and it's called Business Authorities. 150 people showed up to the seminar at $1,000. And it was a two-day event. It was incredible. From that, the community now has grown to 3,000 people. Every month, uh, every quarter, sorry, we would run more events, educate more people. And 100% of the profits were donated back to charity. So it's my way of giving back to the world. So that happened. Now, in the meantime, one of those 36 agencies that I was talking about that we white labeled for, I looked at the books one day and saw that they'd stopped ordering from us. So I called up the guy. I said, dude, what's going on? Why are you not ordering from me? You don't like me anymore. He said, no, it's not that. You know, his business partner is terminal with cancer and he was running around trying to do everything. I said, okay, but what are you going to do when... You finished the current projects. He said, I'm going to shut down the company. I said, shut down the company? You've been in business for 18 years. What are you going to do? He said, I'm going to, I'm going to go get a job. 
I said, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're completely unemployable. <laughs> you have <laughs> been running a business for 18 years. You were not competent enough to be an employee. Your brain is not wired that way. You're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs cannot be employees. There is a huge difference. He goes, what other options do I have? I said, okay, well, I know the projects that we've built for you. What other projects do you have on the go? Can I, can I see the books? He goes, yeah, sure. I look at the books and the books are amazing. There's 4,000 clients in there. Of the clients, 800 are blue chip clients. When I say blue chip, national brands, mining companies, et cetera. Mm. So I said, okay, I'm going to make you an offer. This is my offer. You know, um, if you take it, I'm going to do a managed buyout, which means I'm not paying you up front. I'm going to pay you as we get the, pro uh, the projects in. And this is the agreed amount. And he said, fantastic, let's do it. I said, and you have to stay on for six months and you have to work with me. And if after six months you like it, you can buy into the company. He goes, deal. So we go to the first meeting. I said, you know, I need you to start organizing meetings so I can meet the clients, et cetera. We go to meet this guy. I go to the first meeting. It's a mining company. We walk out of there with a $30,000 a month contract, 360 grand. Mm. This guy in 18 years had charged him a total of 17,000. No. So walking out of there with, with a $360,000 deal, he was like, whoa. The second client that we see that day, we walk out of there with a $200,000 mobile app build. And this guy is like, what the? He goes, Johan, are you telling me that in one day we made half a million dollars? I'm like, one day? Dude, we've only had two meetings. we got four to go. <laughs> And that's how this company started. And yeah. again, I don't say these things to talk about how great we are. It's to show you that there's a hidden gold in everything that, no, you know, if he never had the right offer, if he had told these guys that he could build a mobile app, they would have given him that contract. Mm. If he had told these other, this other company, the mining company, that they could do all of these other services that they needed, they would have given him the contract. But he went in there and when you're a hammer, Everything is a nail. Yeah. Makes sense? He's like, yeah. you need you need Google SEO. And yeah. that's all he ever sold him, right? Yeah. You need a new website. Doesn't matter. I got to go to a website six months ago. You need mm. a new website. Why? Mm. <laughs> that's just the way people are. But when, yeah. you're, when you go in there with a blank template, with nothing, no agenda other than mm. to understand the client and to help the client, yeah. you come out of there with so many other things. So that's, yeah. anyway, that's a meeting philosophy. Yeah. We're nearly, we're nearly done. We're nearly finished with my story. So Okay. <laughs> I'm just enjoying myself here. You know, carry on. <laughs> At, now, I get, I've got ADD. That's just the way I am. Once I build something and systemize it, I've got to sort of move to the next thing. It's just how my brain works. I got to have breakfast with a friend of mine. And this is in a different state. And he interviewed me four years ago on his podcast. And he'd been calling me up, calling me up, going, Johan, I want to be in business with you. Johan, I want to be in business with you. And I said, no, 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 no. Thank you. No, 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 no. Anyway, he goes, Johan, you're finally here. You know, we finally met face to face, our first breakfast together. Yeah. I go, tell me about your business. And he goes, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And he was running seven different businesses, seven different teams, seven different brands, seven different databases, seven different accounts, seven different everything. I'm like, dude, did you know that all of these are connected? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if you sell it, this, 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 this. And I drew out a plan for him on a napkin. And he went, oh my God, I've never thought about it that way. And so 
I'm like, cool. Well, you know, good luck. And this is how you should sell it. And let me know how you go in a couple of weeks. He calls me up two weeks later. He goes, I did what you said. I made $200,000 in the last two weeks. Thank you so much. Mm. I'm like, you're welcome. He's like, will you be my business partner? I said, no, dude, I just told you what I would do in the company. Just go do more of that. What do you need? Why would you give me part of your company when you can just action what I told you? Yep. He said, no, I want, I want you in the company. Anyway, so that happens. And at this exact point in time, the next day we go into lockdown. Now, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I think we had the longest lockdown in the world. We had 300 days or something like that. Yeah. It, was it felt like it trying to come back to Australia, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Now, lockdown happens. I get a bottle of rum. By the way, I don't drink that much, but it was a special occasion. I wanted to celebrate with my friend. And we finished this bottle of rum. Bad, bad idea. But while we're finishing this bottle of rum, we're talking about this amazing guy that I met up in Queensland and all the stuff that he's built. And my friend Chris doesn't believe a word that I say. I'm like, it can do this. It can do this. It can do. He goes, cannot, does not exist. Impossible. No way. I said, okay. So two in the morning, I'm drunk, Facebook messaging Walter. He's, he's asleep. The dude's yeah. asleep, but I'm leaving him messages. My friend doesn't believe you. I need you to show him how good the software is. No, 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 no. You know, drunken messages as they are. Anyway, eight in the morning, brain, we had a brainwave to book it at eight in the morning after drinking a bottle of rum. Not a good idea. No, that was not leveraging anything. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Walter comes on and he's, he, he's assuming that Chris is a client that he can sell this to. So he's doing the best demonstration ever. And me and Chris are like, so hungover and we're messaging each other and Chris is like oh my god this is this is incredible but he's not show- his facial expressions are not showing it his thumbs are very excited and so anyway so <laughs> his thumbs are very excited people <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's, tw- he's you know messaging me like oh my god oh my god oh my god but his face is like <laughs> that's great show me the next one right yeah anyway so this is happening and then we go, all right, thank you, Walt. See you later. And we hang up the phone. Now, Walt thinks that he's bombed out on this presentation. And he's like, what happened? And Chris is like, that's incredible. So anyway, we sober up a couple of days later and we catch up and we talk about how Walt can blow this thing up. And we present it to Walt. We're like, Walt, if we had your company, this is what we would do. Yep. We literally spend a day putting this plan together. Showed it to him and he goes, that's incredible. I want both of you to be my business partners. I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't sound right. Anyway, I go, you know what? Fine, deal. We're going to pretend like we're your business partners and you have six chances to kick us out at any point in time. No offense, no legals, no paperwork, nothing. You have until December to kick us out. That was last April. December's gone and passed. Yep. We've created Comet Suite. It's the most fun, incredible thing that we've ever created. Yeah. And I, yep. we've all said that this is the last one that we put so much energy and effort into to build for the next two, three, five years, whatever the journey is. Yeah. And it's just been an incredible journey. Now, so that's where we are. We're now yeah. at this point in the timeline. Yeah. Over to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I remember you telling me um, about parts of, of this story and I just think it's incredible. And, and now hearing it again for sort of like the second time and, and, you can really see the thread around leverage, which is, yes. you know, what we wanted to talk about today and what I thought, you know, was something that we don't, we don't, don't often think about um, leveraging what we have, leveraging what's in existence, creating processes and systems. And in fact, if we do, um, 
a lot of um, people kind of go, mm, that that's not very exciting, is it? You know, it's not very <laughs> sparkly and all of that sort of thing. But I think what you've just demonstrated in that story is that there's no such thing as a dull, shiny penny. And you said to me when we met, I love to talk about business. So right up my street and you can you can hear it in in the thread like what's the opportunity how can i do this how can i make it better so so the the theme of this episode as i said is about healthy systems and 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 leverage and and all of those things that pretty much have been a thread through your whole um entrepreneurial mm. career i guess so um let me start by asking you where do people particularly entrepreneurs but i think also um people in in businesses in corporate where do you think we most go wrong in terms of not really leveraging what we have the way you've been able to? I'll give my story. And then okay. some people listening might be able to relate. I believed that the company could not run without me, that I was the brains behind the company. My time was needed in the company in order for it to grow. It was me who was the special source etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But then I realized there are so many more people that are way smarter than me, which was the best revelation ever. And then when you can afford to have those people in there, that's all I did. I was like, this deal is going to get me that person. This deal is going to get me that person. This deal is going to make get me that person. And then as you get these dream team people in here in your business, the team starts to grow. The vision of the company gets so much bigger. The culture gets amazing. And as you hire A players, like we've made a, we made a, we've made a decision in the company. We are never, ever, ever dealing with anybody who's not an A player. Mm -hmm. Massive difference to the companies I've built in the past, because in the past, all I would do was see the potential of people and give them the opportunity and struggle to pull them and drag them up and make them rise. Now I'm talking about management level, people mm. running the company. Yeah. I'm not talking about juniors and people who are up and coming. I 100% believe everyone who's up and coming. I was up and coming at one point in time. You have to give those people the opportunity to shine. Mm. But I'm talking about management level. You mm -hmm. need to hire A players. When you hire A players, your company grows. You have peace of mind. You can sleep at night. Just get the people who are smarter than you in the mm. room yeah don't think that you're all that because yeah we're not we're all replaceable every yeah. one of us yeah i love when you said um i thought i was the special source <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah. so tell me what this is a big question so you know if we're out there looking for the a players what what does that look like i mean you've already mentioned you know they're they're smarter than us which is i think a good place yeah. to start but what else you know, what else do you think defines an A player? Perfect. I'll give you an example. Me and my wife on the weekend, we go shopping for A players. <laughs> the, the, the example is I went, I needed a new computer, right? Yeah. And I go to the shopping, the, the store, and it was Harvey Norman. And I walked in there and I said to the, the guys like, hey, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I need a new computer. He's like, what do you need? I'm like, I need an Apple. I need the big one there. He's like, sure. Happy to sell you that one. But what do you need it for? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you do with it? Do you do video, rendering, graphics, this, that, that? I'm like, no, I do Zoom calls and I have emails. He's like, then you don't need the big one with the HD graphics card and blah, 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 blah. You need this one. 
I'm like, I know, but I want the big one. <laughs> He's like, I'm happy to sell you the big one. I make more commission on the big one, but just letting you know, it's my duty of care that yeah. you don't need the big one because it, you're only using it for the most basic things. You don't play games. You don't do video rendering, blah, 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 blah. This thing is really high speed for what you need. But if you want, I'll sell you the big one. I'm like, oh, okay. I also need a new TV. Tell me about that. And so we go and start talking about TVs. Yeah. Then we start talking talking about printers. Then we started talking about hi-fi systems. Anyway, I ended up buying everything that's electronic I could buy from this guy. I spent eight hours with him, right? Eight yeah. hours with this one guy. I've got I'm, like I've got a whole new everything for my house. <laughs> but that entire time was all an interview. Mm. And then at the end of that, I made him an offer. I said, hey, why don't you come work for me? Because he was customer centric. All mm. he cared about was my needs. Yeah. What did I need? Dimensions, longevity of my you know, tools that I was buying, all this stuff. He just cared about me, cared about my family, cared about my future needs. His line of questioning and everything was about me, not about you should buy the biggest and best product. It was about what suited my needs. And so anyway, so we ended up hiring this guy. And he came and he worked with us and the clients were so happy. He ended up closing Nestle as a client for us. Wow. That is amazing. So, I'm not surprised <laughs> given what you just told me about your experience at Harvey Norman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, how, that's what we do. And so there's no, you know, he goes, what do you mean? How am I going to work in a tech company? I sell laptops and tvs and stuff like i don't know anything about software development and app development and websites and marketing i said you don't need that you just need to care about the customer that's mm. it yeah and i'll educate you on absolutely everything now on the exact opposite scale mind yeah. you i had this 21 year old walk in for an interview and it was a a favor to a friend a friend said please give him a job i said okay cool i'll i'll do it i'll do it for you i give this guy a job and his first day, I'm like, here is the Bible, 300 pages. I've written it step by step. Everything that you need to say, every, every process that's in our company, everything is here. This is our Bible. And he looked at me, he goes, do you reckon you can get that turned into audio? I consume content better with the audio. I was like, are you, are you, are you, oh, you're being serious. I'm like, <laughs> what? You go, no, you have to read it. He's like, Oh, I just don't do well with reading. Can you give it to, I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, he lasted a week before he was kicked out. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a 300 page Bible, 300 page Bible. So I can, I, I'm a reader and I would be okay with that, but I can understand a lot of people may balk at the 300 pages. So why is that important? Why is that so important for you to to have produced and for him to read it rather than listen to it 100 percent, because it's come from it's the company culture it's mm -hmm. company processes it's the systems that are in the company it's how the company works who to refer to when this problem happens flow charts diagrams everything is in there it's literally the the blueprint of the company mm. He could have taken that book and gone and built his own company with that Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he wanted it in audio form. It was, okay. It was... <laughs> yeah. There's something too, isn't there, about the language of consuming content rather than learning? 
And I think mm. that that's really um, an interesting nuance I picked up when you were telling that story is that, you know, it's not, there's a difference between consuming content and actually learning and embracing what you're reading wow. or experiencing and, and that sort of thing. And I guess that was a bit of a flag as well. Um, so, so, so get this, from that experience, I went, wow, if this guy wants to listen to it, I wonder if I could sell this as a product. Mm. And so I went <laughs> to other CEOs and I go, every time you hire somebody, how much training do you do? Mm. Do they speak to the customers in your voice? Yeah. Do they know about the company culture? Do they know how the little things in the company run? If yeah. they don't, I invite you to come spend one day in our recording studio. Yeah. And as you come in and do the recording, you're going to have this Bible. It's the blueprint of your company in audio and video format that now every new employee that comes to work for you, they have to watch this video series mm. because by watching it, they're going to learn how you speak, your vernacular, yeah. your mannerisms. They know how to address the clients. They know, they know that the clients are gold. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in our company, we're not looking to every client. We're not, that client is not only paying my bills, mm. my lifestyle, they're paying for my kids and my grandchildren. Yeah. Like that's the thought processes that we have. Yeah. And so we treat every client like gold. Yeah. Yeah. And so now this new product that we created from this thing was, hey, Mr. CEO or Mrs. CEO, would you like us to record absolutely everything that you do, every thought process? Don't worry. We're going to do all the hard work. We'll extract all the data from you. Mm. We're going to give you a portal where all your employees can log in, watch, learn. You can see who's watched and everything. And that's a new service that we had. Mm, brilliant. And what uh, and what is there? It's, it's in everything you say, actually. So I'm just going to say it all the time after every story. Is is this wasn't necessarily about leveraging a, a, a person, like you said. It was about leveraging your experience and your understanding into something that oh, I wonder if that would be useful. I want you know, yeah. and then going and leveraging, I guess your your networks to find out is this something that would be valuable to you? So again, yep. it's that mixture of being client centric or customer centric and, and leveraging the learnings, not just leveraging the success, if that makes sense. Mm. It's leveraging the learnings, which is really coming out really strongly. Would you agree? Or do you think there's more than leverage at play here? It's evolution. Mm-hmm. So at the, at the start, you know, I, in my company, even we had tribal, <coughs> excuse me, we had tribal training. Mm -hmm. Hey, go sit next to Jack. Jack's going to show you what you do in your job. Yeah. And then as you know, Jack leaves and then the new person sits in there and then he passes it down to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, the message is completely diluted. Yeah. What do we stand for? What's our yeah. mission? Why do we exist? Yeah. Tell me about how you're going to talk to a client. The, the person at the end is like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, what, one, yeah. It got to a point in one of the companies where people would get on chat with our support desk and they'd be like, hi, how can I help you? I'm like, don't you ever greet somebody like that again? Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Hey, oh my God, it's you. I'm looking at your account right now. This is the things that I see. How can I help you? Please let me know. I'm here to serve you. Like, that's the reply. Not, yeah. Hey. Yeah. What do you need? Oh, how can I yeah. help? Like, how can just, I help? What questions? Just rather do you than have? just black, yeah, just black and white, like 
<laughs> yeah yeah so how do you there's obviously leverage in that i completely get that so then how do you how do you um create systems and processes around that and, and that question comes from some reading i've been doing recently i've just finished matthew syed's book uh, rebel ideas and in it he um he talks about um the sort of the disadvantages of going for the average and he uses a um, hiring for a call center as an example and the difference between um the the people who kind of stick to the script and the people who sort of go off script a bit and the people who go off script are more successful but then how do you determine that they're still on script enough for your brand and your culture and all of that sort of thing how do you build a system or a process for that well great question and funny, funnily enough, we have put in a system in place where we can now listen to every one of our sales team. Mm. We can whisper into their ears while they've got their, their headset on because somebody can be listening to the call and giving them hints and tips as to what to say. The scripts are built, but the scripts are guidelines. Now, yeah. data comes into play. If they've had a five-minute conversation with somebody, mm. we know that they did not close that deal. Yeah. If they've had a... 15 minute conversation, we know that they might be booking another call. Yeah. They've had a 30 minute conversation. They better have made a closing call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But most, the most, most likely the chances are they've been on the phone for 30 minutes with that customer or client, I should say. We don't use the word customer, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Because customer is transactional, client is a relationship. It's, and we believe relational. we have relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if they have had 30 minutes with that client or potential client, then they better become a client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we systemize even the, the call center, the scripts. And the ones who do go off script, we love them. They're our, they're our superstars mm. because they are empaths. They can hear in somebody's tone. Like if somebody calls me from a call center and they're like, hello, sir, how are you? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. If they cared, they'd be like, oh, are you sure? You don't sound all right. Mm. Like, is this, must, this might be a bad time. Can I call back later? Instead, yeah. they'll continue reading the script. And what do you do after the 10 or 20 more seconds of them reading the script? You just hang up. So that's, that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. So it becomes building um, a rapport and a relationship rather than bullet points on a script but but i find it really Correct. interesting how often the it's almost like the script is seen as the gold and i can understand the 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 link to culture and wanting to you know i i you know i've built a team and there's a way um there's the brand ethos and the culture and there's a way i want us to be talking to clients i want us to be talking about building brand you there's a way of of answering questions and selling and all of that sort of thing that that is really important um to me as the brand creator and all of that sort of thing and i'm i'm always uh, the, the first thing people get to do when they come and work for me is they get to listen to all the podcast episodes <laughs> so i said if you weren't sick of me before you'd be sick of the sound of my voice now but the purpose of it is you know it's not about being grandiose it's about going the podcast is a representation of what building brand is about you know, yep. you'll, you'll get the sense of how I speak to people, how I talk about different elements of brand. And the whole idea is to kind of almost immerse them 
dunk them in the deep water and say, okay, you've kind of emerged now. It's all a bit all over the place, but what, you know, they get a bit more of a sense of, um, of who I am and that sort of thing. So you could say that maybe I'm suffering a little bit from secret source syndrome, special source syndrome, <laughs> but, 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 but it's, yeah, sorry, you go. But, yeah. but, but here's the thing. And through understanding and studying companies that have gone to a billion dollars, like that's, mm. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. How does a company get to a billion trillion dollars? What, what is the secret source that made mm. them that? Yeah. And it turns out that the, the, the thing that every company had was three things. Mm. They had an artist, which is the secret source. Mm -hmm. The artist is the creator, the, the one whose baby this is, yeah. who's built it, who's grown it, who's nurtured it, who's looking after it, whose only care is about this baby. And that's their baby. Yes. And, <laughs> right? and then the second person you need, because the artist only sees the baby and yeah. sees how beautiful things this, you know, this beautiful baby is. And all they want to do is tell everybody about their baby, their baby, their baby, but they're not listening to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just like people with brand, the first time parents with brand new babies, their Facebook's flooded with photos of their baby. Exactly. Oh my God, my baby farted. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody, nobody's excited when I fart. Yeah, no, exactly. Anyway. That's all right. <laughs> this is a very anyway. open podcast. <laughs> so, so, so we're talking about the artist, right? Yeah. And then the second person that you need in there is you need a deal maker. Mm. Somebody who will go and try and find a way to sell that baby. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily we're talking about a product, but don't actually talk about baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So you understand what I'm saying? I do. They, 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 un they understand the value that this product, I'm going to stop referring to it as a baby, the value that this product <laughs> has to the marketplace and who needs it. And yep. all they're doing is you need it, you need it, you need it, you need it, you need it. Oh my God, you really need this because this is going to change your life. Yeah. Right. And then these two people are polar opposites. Generally, mm. Mm. the person wanting to sell it just wants to sell it. And they will say, yeah, the product, the product, the phone, I'm going to change it to the phone. The phone comes in blue, black, red, green, gray, whatever color you want. And then the artist is like, but we only have yellow. And the sales guy is like, well, go make it in all those other colors quickly because we've got a market. Right? Sure. But th so that's, not, that's not right. That's, it's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got these two people. So the third person that you need in the business is the manager. Mm. And this person a critical role because he manages both the artist and the deal maker and the teams and everything else mm. and that is generally the job of the ceo ceo is the manager okay managing making sure everything is flowing etc so when you have these three elements in a business the business flows seamlessly mm -hmm. if everything is in unison yeah and so those three elements and by the way, you don't have to, you can have solopreneurs who hire, their first hire is the, the BDM, the deal maker. Yeah. And the CEO, the manager. Yeah. Like, so we all wear different hats in different businesses. Mm. So in this business, yeah, I will never, ever, ever sell this company. It's yeah. my baby. It's there for me to hand down to my kids, to their kids. Mm. It's a legacy thing. Yeah. So I'm the artist in that company. Yeah. In Comet Suite, I'm the deal maker. Yeah. All I'm doing all day every day is 
oh my god you have no idea this thing's gonna change your life you need common suite right now yeah. because it's gonna do this. okay yeah so in that business i'm wearing the deal maker hat okay in another business we're talking about the the one that i bought yeah you know the with the 4,000 database, 800 yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. blue chip companies. I was the manager in that one. Yeah. I was making sure that the people could produce and then the, the deal makers would do dealing yeah. and just making sure everything flowed. So yeah. depending on which company depends on what hat you're wearing. Mm, and I think that's a really uh, great point because um, often we're sort of trying to wear all the hats at once and wonder why nothing works it's kind of about understanding and i love those the, the three things the artist the deal maker and the manager i think that's a great analogy for so much it's about the three-legged stool isn't it you know mm. sort of yep. supports everything but um yeah and and i heard someone uh say a little while ago sometimes you need to communicate which hat you're actually wearing today <laughs> Yeah, I find that as a, as, a, as a coach, sometimes I have to say to people, okay, so we're just having a friendly chat or do you actually want me to put my coach hat on? Because that will be a very different conversation. Um, so I, I go, this isn't Coach Kim that you're talking to now. And, and you yep, know, yep. so that I sort of am quite particular about saying I've got this hat on today. But, um, yeah, when you were talking about the artist, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's me in Building Brand You, I think. <laughs> My, my, my team picks up on that. So right now I've got no hat on. Yeah. And I will literally, this, these are the signals that we have. If I have this hat on, I'm in, I'm in advisor role, you know. Yeah. How we can, st strategic role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I get this one on, uh, yeah, this is I'm in deal maker sweet. role. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So it is literally <laughs> hats. <laughs> it's literally hats. I love it. I love it. Oh, and have you got now, a hat for said? the third one? Have you got a hat for the CEO, the manager no, one? I, I I sold it. I got rid of it. Oh, okay. All right. So the hat went with it. <laughs> I, I, only, I, I only have three hats now. Well, yeah. two hats and no hat, which is yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Quick, uh, quick, quick little story that kind of relates, but, you know. Yeah. You, Go for I'm it. sure you'll pull, pull some gold out of this. Yeah. I got, I got married eight years ago. And after I got married, it was the worst six months of my life. Now, you must, you must be thinking, what the hell? This is interesting. This took a turn of events. But basically, after I got married, I realized, oh, my God, I've got a whole other person to look after. Like, yeah. ah, like, what is going on? And so I was stressed out all the time. And then I'd be burning, you know, the midnight oil and working as hard as I could. And then I'd come home and my wife would say to me, oh, honey, I got to tell you about my day. And my brain would go, oh, we just spent the whole day solving all these other problems. Now I got to solve my wife's problems. And so then she'd tell me about her day. Yeah. And then I'd tell her the solutions. And then she'd look at me and go, you just don't understand. And no, like, no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this carried on for six months. And I was like, what did I do? I'm I literally gave her the best advice that I could. <laughs> and if she listened to me, it would be completely different. Yeah. And then I went and I listened to this relationship tape. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm missing something here. It's obviously me because who else am I going to blame? It's me. Yeah. I listened to this tape and this guy goes, after you get married, you know, it was along the lines. Women and men are different. Just when she wants to tell you about her problems, don't say anything. Every bit of you, you're a man, you're built to solve problems. Every bit of you wants to give you a solution. Give her a solution. Shut 
the F up. Yeah. Nod and smile and just say the words, I understand. I'm like, what? That's so stupid. But anyway, all right, cool. I'll try it. Spoken like a true bloke. <laughs> exactly. Right? So I go home and then that night and she's, she, you know, we're having dinner and she goes, oh, I've had such a crazy day. And I held her hand and she told me about her day and I did everything in my body to just go, I understand. Wow, that's really bad. Are you okay? And that night, she, we didn't even do the dishes. She dragged me straight to the bedroom. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what happened here? And the next night and the next night, I'm like, I've discovered the, the secret. The secret sauce. <laughs> and so about two months goes by and she's like, wow, our relationship has really changed. I really love where we are right now. I'm like, me too. But I got to tell you something. I listened to a relationship tape and it told me to shut the F up. <laughs> And this is what I need to do. And that's what I've done for the last two months. She's like, that's great, honey. But let's, let's agree that that's good. But sometimes I actually need you to solve some problems. So now we have a rule between us where I go, is this a thing where I have to solve the problem or just listen? She goes, just listen. I'm like, all right, cool. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the story was a personal one with your wife, but it, it is everywhere. You know, so we talk about clients and, you know, the guy at Harvey Norman was all about, you know, just listening and trying to get an understanding and, and all of that sort of thing. He didn't rush out to solve the problem you told him that you thought you had, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that is so, it's so telling, but such a great example of, um, of sometimes when we're not really listening. Or if we're not sure and we're not brave enough to ask, kind of do, do you, okay, so am I in listening mode today or am I going to, you know, kick your bum and tell you to fix it? Like, which one do you want today? <laughs> that sort of thing. So I love that story. I absolutely love that story. And I think uh, that's, it's so powerful. It's like the hat story. Um, I love that. But that listening piece, like actually how, how purposefully, are you listening and are you actually listening for what the other person needs or are you listening for your your own contribution mm. to the yeah you want to you, you feel significant you want to show that yeah. you have the answers yeah and you want and and um there's significance and you want to help and you want to be clever and you know you want to be right in and save the day and you know all those sorts of things like if you just did this it would be really simple and we're lucky we don't get a slap when we say things like that. So <laughs> <laughs> you, I know you love talking about business. So what really inspires you? What's the thing that, that just I, is the golden thread for you? So here's the thing. I believe that governments are there to govern. They do a bad job of it because there's so many different egos in play. Mm. So governments do what they do. But the people who really, 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 really change the world are business owners. Yeah. That's why I love business. Yeah. You know, business owners, I believe, have a responsibility to grow and scale their companies as much as they can. Mm. They have access to all the tools that they could ever need. There's never been a time like this before because yeah. we have access to the internet. Now, I don't know if you, well, you've, I don't know if you consciously know this, but for the last 20 years, the smartest people in the world have been uploading all of their brains, all of their data directly to the internet. Yeah. I can access 
the smartest people in the world through YouTube and Google. Mm. If I have any questions the other day, I was like, how am I going to take my company to a billion, you know, in revenue? Yeah. I Googled it. I spent the entire night. I spent eight hours and I could read the stories of all these billionaires. Mm. And then through that, I could distill different maps and frameworks of how they did it. Mm. One night. Yeah. If you want to, you can. Anyway, I digress. The point is, it's your responsibility as a business owner to grow it as much as you can. You have the yep. tools available. Mm. When you employ people, that the reason for growing a company is not for yourself. There's only so many houses you can live in. There's only so many cars you can drive. And you're a business owner that you get bored after spending two weeks on the beach. Let's be mm. honest. Mm. Right? You, mm. You're there to create. You're a creator. Yeah. But your company, you know, the people that you're employing, these people, when they go home, you've, you've given them purpose. When they go home, if they're happy, if they're well-paid, if they're stress-free, they will raise their children to be innovators. Every mm. household where there is no stress, financial stress, and you know, proper mental, you know, a, a good mental well-being in the house. Mm. By the way, we do that with all of our people. Yeah. The kids grow up to be innovators. Mm. innovators end up being leaders and leaders change the world wow so that's the core of my being and why i wake up in the morning yeah. because it's not for me it's for my employees and their children yeah and for their children and for their children and my children yeah and what my children yeah. will become yeah so yeah that's what drives me excellent and do you have any early signs of of the of areas <laughs> that your children might lead in or is it a little early to tell it, oh no 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 100 we were having this conversation today me and yeah. my wife went out for lunch yeah and i was saying yeah. you know what i can see my max taking yep. over this company yeah which is business and I can authorities my, right yep. yep yep that's right and i can see my daughter definitely definitely running this one yeah so <laughs> they're <laughs> two completely different personalities i'll give you an example my son we go, we go to Boost Juice every Sunday. It's our thing. We'll go to the shopping center. We walk around. Mom and daughter go around and do what they do. And she'll buy pretty dresses and things like that. Me and my son, we go for a walk. We talk about things. He's six years old. Yeah. And we go to Boost Juice. And we're sitting down. We've just ordered. We're sitting down. And I see him nodding his head. And he's going, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, counting. And I'm like, okay, what are you counting? He's like, there's a hundred people who just ordered boost juice. That was actually like 50. He was overestimating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he goes, I get $7 a week in pocket money. I go, yes. He goes, you just paid $10 for my boost juice. I said, yes. He goes, they sold that $10 to 100 people. They made a thousand dollars, dad. And it takes them five minutes. And I went, I won. I won. Yeah, there, won there is your, your progeny right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so he turns to me and he goes, how do I make a thousand dollars in five minutes? I said, that's the question. You keep yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. Go forget yeah. about your seven dollars a week. It ain't gonna get you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is literally money in your pocket. That's not going anywhere. It's not getting you anywhere. <laughs> it's not buying you very much by the sound of it. it doesn't even buy you a boost juice. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That is brilliant. I love that. And what about what about your daughter? Do you you my know you talked about a... Comet Suite? Yeah. Yep. My my daughter's a hustler. <laughs> she's a deal she's she's a deal maker no she she's a literal hustler 
she knows when I'm at my weakest, which is generally about now, you know, when I'm on a okay. Zoom call. Yeah, yeah. And she'll come in and she'll be like, Dad, can I have $10, please? Dad, 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 please give me 10 I'm like, I'm trying to mute. I'm yeah. I'm like, come yeah. on, don't go away, go away. Like, she's like, $10, please. I need $10. I'm like, fine. <laughs> yeah, take it. Uh, and then she goes, love you. Bye. She's four uh, years she's old. Smart cookie, that girl. <laughs> smart cookie. She understands yeah. leverage. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Brilliant. And so you've got um, sort of Cobbett Suite uh, going, and um, I know we've talked about business authorities before. So what what sort of what's in coming up for you? What's in the in the future? Um, is it more of the same, more of growth, or what is it? Yep, yep. Before we get to that, I want oh, to tell yeah. one more quick story. Okay, it's all really right. Important. Yeah, it's really yeah. I need to I need to complete something. We okay. talked about my son. We talked about my daughter. We didn't, we didn't talk, talk about, my about wife. your wife. Yeah. My wife was a catalyst to me becoming a business owner. Really? Now, I thought I was a business owner. You know, when we started dating 10 years ago now, she came to my house one day. And this is, I've got six people in my apartment and we're all working and we're running this enterprise. We think we're really cool. And she goes, hey, you want to go for a picnic? I'm like, baby, I'm working here. She's like, you want to go for a picnic? I'm like. I've got 15 minutes for lunch. Like I've got calls I've got to make. Da, da, da. She's like, oh, I wanted to go to the botanical garden and spend a couple of hours, go for a walk, maybe a gondola ride, you know, have some fun. She's like, no one's there. Everybody's working. Seems like, seems like you're working. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, no, like I thought you were a business owner. Like what's going on? So anyway, that was that one, one incident happened. And then about two weeks later, she comes back. And she's like, hey, do you want to go for a drive down the Great Ocean Road? Now, drive down the Great Ocean Road, for those of you who know or don't know, is about a four-hour round trip along this beautiful beach coastal line that shows you all these amazing rocks, et cetera. And it's just a beautiful day to spend time together. Mm. But no, when I'm working, I'm trying to run a business here. What do you mean four hours out of the day? Are you crazy? I'm like, I'm confused. Are you, I thought you said you're a business owner. How, you never, you're never working. And then she showed me her bank account and I went, okay, you're a business owner. Holy shit. All right. Um, Dan, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And she goes, you're self-employed. And then I, my brain just went straight back to cash flow quadrant. quadrant. Oh, Robert yeah. Kiyosaki, cash flow yeah. quadrant, E-S-B-I. Yeah. And I thought I was a business owner, but the business didn't run, run without me. So yeah. I was not a business owner. I was self-employed. Mm. And so in order to become a business owner, I needed to go back and have systems have leverage, have the company running without me. Mm. And then that's when I became a business owner. So she yeah. turned me into a business owner. Uh, I like your wife a lot. <laughs> She's brilliant. She's the yeah. brains. Yeah. Um, so, so you asked me what's coming up next. Yes, I did. It's, it's taken a year to perfect Comet Suite. Like, yeah. I believe people rush into things too quickly. They try to sell um, things to people then they get stuck in a delivery phase and a, and a maintenance phase. And, and that's sort of how they get sort of trapped. Mm. And then years go by. So Common Suite came about last April, as we mm. said. It took yep. us three months to integrate all the pieces of the puzzle. So there's seven, eight pieces of the company that all now talk to each other. Yep. So we had a product after about three months. Then we tried to sell this thing for three months more. 
And we got about a 5% conversion rate because people mm. were looking at it going, oh my God, this is incredible. But I'm going to need three or five people to run this thing. Right. I went, oh, okay, cool. And so I went back to the people who did buy and I said, why did you buy it? What are you using the most out of it? And they said, the leads component. I love the leads. I'm like, oh my God. Like that was, that was not the product we were leading with. Yeah. I went, the leads, of course, every business needs leads. Mm. And so we tweaked, tweaked our offer and Chris, the business partner, he tweaked the offer. He was actually on the phone with people and went, just out and one day he just said, hey, how would you like a thousand leads every month that are fully qualified booking into your calendar for $300 a month? And the person said, say no more, take my credit card right now. Yeah. And he just went, oh, wow. And then he called up the next person. He said, hey, I'm calling from Comet Suite. You've inquired about our lead generation system. This is how it works. This is what we do. It's a thousand leads for $300. Shut up and take my money. Oh my yeah. God. So we wake up the next morning and there's eight sales. And we're like, what happened overnight? Like what? Mm. How did people? And Chris is there because he was in the US and meanwhile in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I figured it out. I'm like, oh my God, he figured it out. So ever since then, it was the easiest sale ever. Hey, yeah. how would you like it? qualified thousand leads every month for three hundred dollars yeah yes let's do it yeah yeah and how has it so, been um i was just going to say and how has it been about ensuring that you deliver that promise okay so how do we deliver the promise well first it used to take us 30 days to get a client up and running mm -hmm. and the clients were like wow that's amazing the amount of work you guys did but for us it's not scalable because if we hired a project manager to get a person up and running and this guy was taking 30 days to set up a client, like he had 10, 15 clients, but mm. we couldn't scale. Like we yep. were stuck because we're like, we literally had to stop selling for six weeks. Our ads were converting so well. We had 862 people inquire to want to be clients. We had an application funnel. You couldn't yep. just buy it. You had to yep. apply. Yep. We couldn't get back to 862 people wow. because we were stuck. We were stuck in the delivery phase. Mm. And so now we fixed all of those things. And now we can get somebody up and live in 24 to 48 hours. It's incredible. So which has now allowed us to scale because yeah. now we have a much bigger team. Yeah. We can take on about a hundred people every week yeah. and still keep growing without an issue. Yeah. So again, yeah. systems and leverage, we knew exactly what was working, how to set it all up now soon yep. as everything's automated as yep. soon as somebody clicks the buy button boom they're in our system it's sent to the right person who then sets up their account sends them their logins tells them the next steps gets them up and running and then goes here you go it's all done and they've been yep. communicated by voicemail text message um email yeah so they're like whoa wow and they get a gift in the mail nice so they get a comment suite you know popcorn and a mug and, oh, all this stuff, nice. and it's all automated yeah you know it's a, love it's it all the custom customer experience and yeah. we have people tagging us on Facebook going, oh my God, I just signed up to these guys and look what they sent me. It's amazing. And they're doing unboxings and things like that. And I'm like, wow, that one little system that we put in yeah. is now getting us all this other reach because people are now coming to us and signing up. And I'm like, yep. how are you, where did you come from? Like, you're not in our system. How do you, yeah. why'd you buy? Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, cause I saw it on so-and-so's Facebook. I'm like, all right, cool. This is great. Cause this yeah. is, we're building the brand. We're building the culture. People are getting to know about us now. Yeah. And yeah. so they're just signing up. Yeah. It's and I think, I think that's a, a really important question too, um, to ask 
why did you buy where did you come from mm. and often i think we get so caught up in being just grateful that somebody bought it all that um yeah. that we don't think to ask you know what made you buy or um in the opposite case to go and find out you know why people are not buying or in mm. like what what part of the system are people really using we thought they would use this amazing thing and then all of a sudden we go actually it's the lead generation oh really um and in <laughs> retrospect it probably seems really logical once you think about the timing of your business that you know we were all coming out of the pandemic in various forms and all of that sort of thing businesses had really struggled and we're all going where are the customers where are the clients where's the business how am i going to grow it blah 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 um and if we had a, a reasonably healthy business uh, before we all, you know, went home and uh, waited for two and a half years, we're probably not used to prospecting in any yep. significant way. So, you know, I can understand, you know, leads is a big thing. It's almost like a scary thing. How, how am I going to get these like magical leads? Yeah. So I love that in, story. It's brilliant. In the olden days, like to grow all my other companies, I used to do these crazy things. I used to go to networking events. Yeah. Yeah. And, and eyes and yeah beg people for referrals and yeah and go and have coffees with people i can't remember how many coffees i used to have eight, eight coffees a day oh, meeting wow. people for coffee trying to yeah. convert them into clients yeah i remember those painful days yeah now i'm like hey i want to talk to it I, as an example i was going up to the gold coast which is yeah. you know yes. and i i don't yes. i don't know anybody in the gold coast i didn't until i met walter but yeah. i still i only know walter right yeah i need to know more people I emailed all the top CEOs, like literally I went into my software and yeah. I went CEOs, Melbourne, who run these types of companies. And boom, it gave me a list of a thousand. And I went, okay, yeah. I'm not gonna email a thousand people. No. <laughs> I emailed a hundred people, 25 of them said, I said, hey, I'm coming to the Gold Coast. This is who I am. I'm mm. having a dinner for like-minded individuals. We're gonna talk about the economy, this, 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 this. Would you like to come? Yes or no? 25 people showed up. Yep. Now that's 25 new friends of high net worth, high, you know, into highly intellectual people yeah. who I love having conversations with. Yeah. And it just took the click of a few buttons to go mm. CEOs in Gold Coast who do this, this, this. And here's my email saying, this is what I want to cover. This is where it is. Would you like to come? Yes or no? Show up on this day. Brilliant. Done. And they just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's going, about building the relationship, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, correct. It's all about relationships. Instead yeah. of going to 10, 15 networking events every month, trying to drum up that business and trying to do all that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It, but in a completely good way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we've talked a little bit about what's coming up. We've talked about your your story is incredible. I, you know, I've heard it before and I loved listening to it again. I almost forgot I was the host and I was supposed to be asking questions. So um, that, <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, and I love what you've talked about in terms of, you know, there's there's the system and processes and the data, but, but actually it's leveraging those relationships, whether that's um, connecting your people, your clients. I mean, we met uh, through Dan McPherson, who I've never met face-to-face -face either, who was recommended mm. to me by Jen Godet, who I have met face-to-face -face last December. So, and I think being open to just those interesting conversations, to building rapport, to going, you know, let's just have a conversation and kind of see where it goes. 
and see if there's opportunities to do stuff together. Um, You know, sometimes these things don't pan out. I don't often have the experience of walking away and going, "Mm, that wasn't worth very much, but, but sometimes it happens and you just go, look, that was a lovely conversation. Don't know whether we're going to do business together, but it was a great coffee and great, a great part of the day. So I love that that's how we met. Um, so we've been all over the place. Um, oh, 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 you want to? You got another story. I've got another story. Got another story. Oh, okay, good. Got, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ran, random, random people, strangers. Yeah. Who just change your life, right? Yeah. So two days ago, I've got, I've got five thousand people on Facebook. Don't ask me how, but yeah, I just do. Yeah. And I just open up Facebook. I don't usually open up Facebook, but I just happened to open up Facebook and I see this guy, you know, asking for help about, yeah. I can't remember what it, what it even was. So I'm like, I'll help you. Sure. And he's in the UK. And so we get on the phone and, you know, on Zoom, sorry. And we start talking and we start sharing. And then about an hour into our call, he's like, do you know how much you've helped me today? I'm like, mm, I'm glad I could help you. He's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, <laughs> you know, I didn't actually do my I didn't yeah. stalk you. I'm sorry. No. I don't use Facebook much. You wanted help. I thought I had some advice that I could help you. Yeah, I thought yeah. I'd help you. Yeah. And he's like, and you have. He goes, mm. you have been, so many people reached out. You've genuinely, genuinely cared and genuinely helped me. By the way, this is who I am. He's done $45 million in sales. Okay. 250,000 customers. And has built the most, you know, this amazing SaaS platform, which yeah. is what I aspi- what I'm aspiring to do with yeah. Comet Suite, right? Yeah. And then I'm telling him about Comet Suite, and he's like, "This is incredible." He's like, "He's like, what's your goals, Johan?" I'm like, "Well, in five years, I want to get this thing to five thousand customers." He's like, "Okay, tell you what, you've helped me so much already. I'm going to help you. I reckon I could get you that target in six months." I'm uh-huh. like, mm. Holy shit, for real. <laughs> <laughs> but came from a random, selfless conversation. Yeah. Like nothing, I had no intentions. I didn't even do my due diligence. I usually do do, do due diligence, yeah. but I was rushed. Yeah. yeah. And there we go. Completely yeah. different conversation, which now my business partners are very, very, very excited about. I'll bet they are. Yeah. I'll bet they are. You deal maker, you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can see it. I can see it everywhere. Um, so given, I mean, so many stories, so many stories, and your nugget may end up being a story. So as we talked about before we, we sort of came into the recording, uh, what I like to ask guests is uh, what's one nugget you could give Building Brand New listeners today that they could take away and implement tomorrow? <sighs> that they could take away and implement tomorrow. Okay. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a book which changed my life. Mm-hmm. And now you can do it online. It's called Never Eat Alone. And it's literally, if you want to break into any industry, if you want to know about any industry, you just have to go and have lunch or dinner or a coffee yeah. with the person who is in that industry. If you want to know about the hotel, and how it's going, have lunch with the guy who supplies the bed linen to the hotel. He'll tell you how, much, how many things are getting changed. The coffee, the meat supply, the restaurant owner who's in the hotel, you know, mm. for example, mm. they know all the data and yep. that allows you to 
gather so much stuff. It's it'll cost you 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, whatever, you know, whichever restaurant you want to go to. Yeah. It's the cheapest way to gather intelligence from the horse's mouth. Yeah. While building relationships. And if, uh, uh, in, in the book, this is what the guy does. He starts having lunches. Yeah. Like he's just started, he's decided he's going to start his business. He had a thousand dollars. And so he starts having lunches with people. And back then, and he was in the UK back then, his meal would cost $20 for him and the other person. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't going to a high big restaurant no. and no. things like that. And so he was gathering data, gathering data, but he would always pay for the meal yes. because he got, he got value from it. And the yeah. person who gets the most value pays for it. Right. Yeah. And soon because he's going to these restaurants, everybody gets to know him. And every time he's walking anywhere, people are like, hey, 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 how are you doing? So the next person who he's walking into the restaurant with, everybody's saying hey to him. They're like, oh, my God, this guy's really popular. <laughs> well, he must, must be, be really important. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the nugget is never eat alone. Don't waste, mm. don't waste an opportunity. Invite somebody else. Speak to them. Learn from them. You have no idea who you could be sitting next to. Yeah. Oh, on that note, this yes. is the best I came about. Okay. So I'm sitting down and I moved into this building, as I told you, and I'm sitting down and they, I see this notice. It says, Hey, we have a, a community dinner. Would you like to come? It's at this place. And I said, sure. So I go and I sit down and there's this guy sitting there by himself. So I'm like, eh, let's go join that guy. So I go and sit down and join this guy. And we have a great night and we talk and all this stuff. And then we, then after that, I catch up with this guy quite often because I work from home and you know, my office, et cetera. So I'd catch up with him and we'd become, we became friends. And about three months later, he's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, and he tells me his name and I'm like, all right, well, I'm Johan Nagar. Like, yeah. big deal. And then turns out he owns a company that's close to a billion dollars. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I love this thing about, you know, like, don't you know who I, or do you know who I am? It's We have a, an expression, you know, we take it the other way and kind of go, don't they know how important we are? You know, don't you know who I am? And it's always so tongue in cheek because we so don't believe it. Um, but I love that. I love that. It's come out in a few threads, actually, in a few stories it's, you've it's, talked it's, about. Yeah. I have no idea who you are. I just like talking to you and it was kind of fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there you go, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, how uh, we'll put all your contact details and everything in the in the show notes. So if people want to find out more information or contact you, they can. But is there a preferred way you would like people to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if they they can email me mm -hmm. at johan at cometsuite.com. Mm -hmm. yep. They can go to a very special link, which you have organized for them, yes. which is comment. C-O-M-E-T, suite, S-U-I-T-E dot com yep. forward slash building hyphen yep. brand hyphen you. Yep. And for those of you listening and who've listened this far, Kim's organized something really special for you. So go check it out. It's going to be fun. Excellent. And by the way, I don't think we really told them what Comet Suite is, but that's the oh, intrigue. Yeah. Ah, yes, exactly. <laughs> to find out more. We've sort of heard about you know, building the business and different parts of it. But I think we might need another conversation to actually like, you know, talk about Comet Suite and all of that sort of thing. So maybe there's a second episode. 
a second episode uh, somewhere in the future. I'll do, I'll do 10 with you. It's all good. Let's excellent. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> So, yeah, Johan, thank you uh, so much for your time. Uh, thank you for, I think, your your generosity and your openness and your curiosity. I think that was what really struck me when we met, apart from the value I thought that you could really bring to Building Brand New Listeners. But I just love that openness. And I think, you know, we've known each other you know, like two weeks or something like that, and we've just had this brilliant conversation. And it's a real testament to, you know, random people and and you just don't know who you're sitting next to i think it's brilliant so thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me and thank you guys for listening listeners stay tuned for more from building brand you next time bye-bye thank you for listening to the building brand you podcast i'm kim hamer and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star review on apple Podcasts and connect with me on linkedin Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For all the latest news and special offers, hot tips, and exclusive content, you can also become a member of the Building Brand You Facebook group. Just type Building Brand You into the Facebook search box and request to join. And if you want to unlock your reputation, your results, and your impact right away, our new program, The Vice Squad, is now live. You'll find the link to find out more and to register your place in the show notes. I help people to accelerate their success by unlocking their greatest asset. If you'd like to find out more, please book in for a free 20-minute coaching call at calendly.com forward slash Kim Hamer forward slash BBY chat. Accelerate your results by unlocking your greatest asset, you.